wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliott president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern bergen county new jersey Our podcast exists to help people learn more about both the Jewish home family, but even more so about aging services and about the people that we serve. I am absolutely delighted today to have as our guest, Sharon Sullivan. Sharon is the vice president of brand engagement for Leading Age. Leading Age is our national organization that represents about 6,000 elder care providers across our country. Sharon, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you. Sharon, tell me, can you just tell us a little bit for somebody who might not know what Leading Age is and what Leading Age does? Sure, sure. Um, Leading Age is a a nonprofit organization of about 5,000 community service organizations who serve primarily older adults, wherever they call home. So, our members span the whole continuum, so everything from a Meals on Wheels program and transportation all the way up to life plan communities, nursing homes, assisted living. What they all have in common is they're all um, mission-driven. Most of the, Almost all of them are nonprofit organizations. Um, so, uh, and our member, you know, Jewish Home Family is one of our members. So, um, and what Leading Age does for the, the member, the, our members are actually the community, so we we sort of support all the all the employees within that um, within the organization um, through um, advocacy, through education, um, like our like our face to face events and our virtual events, uh, which is the role I play at Leading Age. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Leading Age. Thank you. That's great. You know, you mentioned your role as being involved in education and really kind of that member connection. What does that entail? Yeah, so one of the, the, the big parts about being part of an association is the whole idea of community um, and a support system of other people who do what you do. Um, and one of the joys that I have in my role is I create um, opportunities, um, both virtually and in person, for that that the, for that exchange of of best practices, of inspiration and support, and what's working and what's not working to be exchanged between members, um, both from um, you know experts in the field and also just through networking and the members sharing with one another. So. We do that um, in in big and small ways. We do that at our big annual event, which is about about nine thousand people that travels around the country. Um, and we do that all the you know in, in you know a conference is about a thousand people. And then we we do that on a really small scale through through you know um, a small focus group or um, or a member call. So um, and and my team oversees all of those different opportunities at so- leading age. It really runs the gamut then, doesn't it, from the very, very large to small? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, and all through all kinds of mediums. So whether, you know, it's a big conference in a convention center or all the way down to if it's a phone call, sometimes there are networking dinners, um, 
you know, sometimes they're specialized in certain topics. Um, so it, it ranges. And, um, and that's what sort of the strength is because, you know, people uh, with such a large membership and such a diversity of job titles, you have people who, uh, who like to learn in different ways and like to exchange information in different ways. Um, and so we need to make sure that we have a very broad like buffet of opportunities for people to engage and learn how they like to learn and, and engage with people. That's great. You know, Sharon, my very first contact with Leading Age was going to a conference and it was, um, it was actually in 2008. It was my first opportunity to really be involved in leading age. I, I was my really my beginning of, I should take that back, it was 2007. It was my beginning days in long-term care, having worked in acute care all of my career up until then. And uh, the organization I was working for invited me to go along to this this conference and I was blown away by just how many people, like I, I'm sure I looked like I just fell off the turnip truck standing around with big eyes looking at how many people were at conference. And the, the fact that I felt like I didn't know a soul. Of course, now, you know, cut to the current day when we had the last conference that we had in person, I felt like I didn't go anywhere that I didn't know somebody and that I knew a lot of people and that connection. Can you talk about that that big conference and yet why it feels like a small combination collection of people? Yeah, absolutely. You know, an annual meeting is a, it, like, as you said, is a really special place. I always say it's like Thanksgiving dinner, you know, with the family. And our goal is that whether you just came into just came into the field or you've been there for a long time to make it feel warm. I mean, I think you know leading age members are the hardest working, have the hardest job on the planet, um, and the most important job on the planet. And it, one of the things that's the most important goal of the annual meeting is to restore and renew all of you to go back and do the important work that you do and um, and to instill a, a feeling of hope um, and um, inspiration for the future. Um, and we try to do that in a variety of ways. So there's about 500 different events which within the annual meeting. So if you, you know, there's, um, you know, 25 different ed sessions at any given time to choose from um, that are offered all week long. Um, lots of social events and dinners. Um, um, there is uh, activities that are like spread all over the exhibit hall. We have something like about 550 exhibiting companies. Many of them are doing events um, in our exhibit hall. Um, and then we have lots of activities and experiences and learning opportunities throughout the whole convention center for for um, for people to work, you know, to experience. So we actually work on the annual meeting pretty much to, you know, the day after we hold the event the year before we start planning. Um, I book the annual meeting uh, location 10 years out wow. because we need about, um, uh, we only fit in about 30 cities across the country of our size. And so, and we only have a three week window where it works for our members and sort of the other associations that are in our field that this is, these are the three week window. So to secure 
the amount of space we need and the amount of hotel rooms we need, I, I have to book it about 10 years out. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big endeavor. It's so complicated too. I mean, when I listen to you talk about just the sheer number of things that are going on at the same time, it, you know, it's incredible that, that you and your team keep track of all those things. It's a, um, a lot, a lot of moving parts. Absolutely. I think all 85 staff members at leading age play some kind of role. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that helps a lot to bring 85 people to help run it. And they love um, being face to face with the members and sure. seeing, um, you know, being able to visit with them and talk to them. And it's incredibly inspiring to our staff to go to annual meeting as well to, to, to get to see you all in person. Yeah, it, it certainly is an event that I personally look forward to every year. But, of course, we know that 2020 wasn't every year. 2020 was unique, and I hope I hope remains a one of um, for forever. But in 2020, it was obvious that an in-person meeting wasn't going to be a reality. We've talked a lot as healthcare professionals how we as an as an industry have had to pivot, but you really had to pivot last year and really think about how this was going to work when we couldn't be together. Can you talk about what that process was like? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I think like everybody, when this first thing, when this first started, we thought um, it was going to be, you know, kind of a short lived thing and that we would get a grip of it. And you know, I think we were, we have a conference of about a thousand people that is always in Washington, D.C., our leadership summit. And we were worried about that. We thought that that would probably be impacted, but we thought we were going to be fine with annual meeting in October, you know, in San Antonio in 2020. We thought, oh, you know, we were actually, you know, saying, thank goodness, you know, we're all the way in October, you know, beginning of November, we're going to be fine. And so when it became very apparent that, um, that this was not going to be short lived, um, we, I knew we had to, like you said, pivot and we had to reskill our team because although we've been doing webinars and distance learning for some time, we haven't been putting major conferences on, on a virtual platform. And so our team wasn't really skilled in doing that. So, you know, I knew right away that, you know, I called everybody together and I'm like, we need to get, you know, get really smart about this really quickly. And so we, started researching platforms. We reached out to our networks of other planners who were walking this road before us. Um, and um, we, we went to our national association, which is called the Professional Convention Managers Association. And, you know, they were putting out some certification for virtual and we, we made sure we took that. Um, the challenge that, that was going on with the virtual platforms is there's only about, I don't know, maybe 30 virtual platforms at the time in the whole field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you could not get a call back. You could, you know, you could not even get them to answer the phone. They were being bombarded with potential business. Um, and I not only had leading ages conferences to worry about, but we had 38 leading age state associations who, had May, June, you know, um, July meetings. That was their annual meeting times. And we were worried about their um, being, you know, you know, staying on, on, uh, on path. Um, uh, so we spent uh, most of the summer researching platforms. Um, 
um, negotiating a platform for all, and we had of the 38 state associations, 22 of them joined us on our virtual platform that we found. Then we had to learn the platform really quickly and then help all the state associations build out their conferences um, throughout the summer before we even thought about working on ours. So our 365 day planning process for annual meeting because we were so worried about the states that we were pretty much focused on them until we got through like the last one of them. Um, and then really just like, you know, how to work on an annual meeting kind of simultaneously, but in a way that kind of took the back burner to the states. Um, but we also got to see the states do it and got to experiment with some of the with with some of um, the state experiences. One of the big things about virtual is you can't take your live meeting and dump it into a virtual platform. You really have to just completely re throw out the model and really embrace the virtual and think about what's going to work if you're not in person, what's gonna, what can we do? What is the opportunities that virtual provides you instead of being limited by virtual? And so we really like redesigned the entire annual meeting to, to be more focused. We knowing that, you know, our members were also going through a really, really, you know, as you know, the most difficult time in their careers. And the leading age annual meeting was not the most important priority to them. So how could we, give them what they needed in a, in a way that was digestible and really respected what they were, what they were going through on their end. Um, and that's, you know, we, we sort of uh, came up with a new plan that expanded. That was two weeks time, three days a week, uh, three hours a day. Um, so we could give them, you know, the education and the inspiration they needed in a very digestible uh, format. I know that it's an extraordinary undertaking to make this huge shift. How do you think the members reacted? What did you hear? What were the outcomes as compared to the traditional in-person meeting? Well, I, I, the members the members really, really uh, loved it. I think they were just so grateful to be together. Um, and I think... I think like our members typically are, they were so supportive of it being an experiment and being a pilot. I think it, a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Um, and, um, uh, you know, so I, the reaction to, from the members was really like very um, motivating and inspirational for us. Um, as you, you remember, Carol, like all in the chat, they were just so happy to be together in any way they could and to connect. Of course, they missed being there in person. Um, and they were just so hungry for the the music, the inspirational words, you know, that's, you know, you kicking it off on the first day was, and your speech was so inspirational to them. Um, not only what you said, but because you're one of them um, and who knows better what they're going through. Um, so that we were really, really pleased by the reaction. I, the exhibitors, um, our business rooms, we had about 300 exhibitors take the plunge with us uh, to go virtual. And I don't think they knew what to expect. And our members were really wonderful, you know, still visiting with them and just exploring the exhibit hall. Um, but I think I think that exhibitors were really nervous about what to expect with it. Um, and we had to do a lot of onboarding and training um, 
with it um, with them to make sure that um, they can make the leap to the virtual world. It is like, you know, you know, attending and nannying an exhibit booth um, virtually is very different than live. So I think I think they had a little bit more challenging time than our members had. You know, it was so much relearning for everybody, and I think I I spent pretty much all the conference time at conference and did visit a lot of exhibitors. I think people people got into it. People, our members got into it. The exhibitors got into it. But the thing that most struck me, because the presentations were running and then the chat was the live part that people could participate in, the chat was exploding at every presentation. People were so anxious to comment and to ask questions and to be supportive and to greet one another. And it was, you know, for something where you couldn't see one another, it was pretty engaging and kind of magical in a way to see how much interaction people really had. You know, um, I, I spoke a couple of times. I had the privilege of, of, as you said, doing the kickoff, and then I had an opportunity to do an interview with Brene Brown. And, you know, my, my colleagues, my peers are writing these notes to me that were so beautiful and really, really supportive and caring and committed. And what, what an amazing thing to still replicate that feeling of connectedness, of community, of Thanksgiving dinner when we're, when we're doing it over a virtual platform. It was really extraordinary. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. So you were such a big part of that. You know, it's so essential to try to deliver something very different. I mean, when you do a live event, you pick people up out of their everyday world and you bring them to a completely different place and you have the, the opportunity to leverage that, that they are taken away from their daily world and, and you, can, you can create a new experience. The challenge with virtual is that they're on Zoom calls all day long. They are, you're not, you're, you're, you know, you really have to make that experience different. You're physically not taking them out of their everyday world. They're like, their everyday responsibilities and pressures are all around them. Um, and you're interrupting that with the virtual. And so that's a very unique challenge we took really seriously and said, you know, ha we have to create something that is unlike any Zoom call they're on all day long. You know, like how can we just really bring that sense of inspiration and motivation to them, you know, even from their desktop or their laptop, that they're, you know, doing every single meeting and Zoom call they're on all day long. How do we how do we make something really different? So it's so nice to hear you say that we were successful with that because that was definitely the intention. I think you were successful even beyond at least what I imagined. I thought this was going to be good. I know you, and I know your team, and I know you do amazing work. But I was actually surprised by just how great the experience was for people. And, you know, that that um, we missed being together in person, and we certainly want to see each other. But the fact that people could feel so unified and so uplifted and, yeah, we're all zoomed out. We're all day long sitting in front of the screen to the point where, you know, you feel like you're never going to get out of that chair. But, 
But what you did was to keep the format lively and engaging and the mission moments and entertainment in a way that it never felt like, oh my gosh, I've been stuck in my chair for three hours. And so kudos to you and your team for an incredible job sharing. Well, I appreciate your being our guest today. We're actually, because we could go on, we're actually kind of getting short on time. (laughs) What what, What are you thinking for 2021? So we are we are really excited that we're going to be in Atlanta, um, October 24th through 27th. Um, the Georgia World Congress Center, which is the convention center that uh, Leading Age has booked, is open for business. They are holding events there, so uh, we are uh, hopeful that um, that we will all be gathered in Atlanta in October with our vaccines already in the past. And um, amen to that. And, <laughs> and we are going to also be, you know, kind of rise to the challenge of creating a live event that really embraces the beauty of being together in person. So stay tuned for lots of exciting changes to really kind of embrace that opportunity. I can't wait. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you for everything that you do. You really are an inspiration to all of us. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having me. All of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us rise.